0: So, Davey, you think this is the second greatest R.E.M. album after Automatic for the People, yeah?
1: (laughs) I may have had a few drinks when you asked me that question.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wrong!
1: This is Caroline. And this is Marisa. We're the Eves, and you're listening to Trimming the Musical Fat. What's that smell? Oh, that would be me. I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. I love it! That's the signal, let's go.
0: The thing about us is anytime we're around a guitar or a piano or anything, we, we're, we're playing, we're writing. You know, anytime you pick up a guitar, a song could come out, so that's writing. But especially on the road is something we've always done, get together at soundcheck and make noise or riding down the bus, riding down the highway on the bus, you you play your guitar, and we came up with all kinds of stuff. Uh, Eleven months, you better come up with some stuff. Okay. Steve.
2: All right. So why don't you tell me where we are, where we're going? Are we are we, uh, are we recording here? Yeah. This is the studio. Front door. We're going in. It's uh, so a no-smoking building. <laughs>
0: Well, welcome to Trimming the Musical Fat, the podcast where we trim albums that are too damn long. I'm Stephen Nicholson. And I'm Paul Nicholson.
1: And I'm David Mellon.
0: And thank you for joining us as we take our invisible scissors to R.E.M.'s 1996 album, New Adventures in Hi-Fi. What's going to make the under-50 minute single vinyl TTMF supercut of the album? Ebo the letter? Electrolyte? Leave? Bittersweet me? Keep listening to find out. We'll also find time to do regular features like Joke of the Pod, Tale of the Tape, The Critical Reception, Sales Information, archive interview clips and the final question.
2: Your eyes are burning holes for me I'm gasoline I'm burning
0: Tale of the Tape. New Adventures in Hi-Fi is the 10th studio album by American alternative rock band R.E.M. It was their 5th major label release for Warner Bros Records, released on September 9, 1996. New Adventures in Hi-Fi was the last album recorded with founding member Bill Berry, who left the band amicably the following year. Original manager, Jefferson Holt, and longtime producer, Scott Litt. The members of R.E.M. consider the recorded album representative of the band at their peak, and fans generally regard it as the band's last great record before a, a perceived artistic decline during the late 1990s and early 2000s. It has sold 3.6 million albums, growing in cult status years after its release, with several retrospectives ranking it amongst the top of the band's recorded catalogue. So there are 14 tracks on the album, and I'm going to refer to the vinyl copy of it to read them out. So they are How the Wester's Won and Where It Got Us, The Wake Up Bomb, New Test Leper, Undertow, Ebo the Letter, Leave, Departure, Bittersweet Me, Be Mine, You the Doormat, Ziphyr, So Fast So Numb, Low Desert, and Electrolyte. The album is 65 minutes in duration, which means we need to lose at least 15 minutes today. There were four singles released from the album, and they are Ebo The Letter, which was released in August 1996, Better Sweet Me in October 96, Electrolyte in December 96, and How The West Was Won and Where It Got Us in 1997. While you're doing the record, you tend to hate them all because you've heard them so much. So at this point in my life, the, the song How the West is Won is probably my favorite because we just wrote it a week ago. My favorite song, I would say, was
2: How the West was Won, where uh, everybody fa- water, West was won and Where it Got Us. It's probably everybody's favorite song because it's the newest one. Just water, How the West was where it got us
1: Hey, this is Mar from Pods Like Us, the show where we help you to find your next podcast addiction, and you're listening to Trimming the Musical Fat. So,
0: Paul, do you want to tell us about the critical reception to the album?
1: The
3: reception to the album was mostly favorable. Several publications lauded the album for its rich diversity, including Rolling Stone, Q, and Mojo. Stephen Thomas Erlewine, recently used some a lot actually, of all music said, its multifaceted sprawl, REM wound up with one of their best records of the 90s. At the same time, however, Melody Maker criticised the album's empty and flat sound caused by recording in arenas and sound checks. In a 2017 retrospective on the band, Consequence of Sound ranked it third out of REM's 15 full length studio albums. Okay, what about the sales? So the album sold 3.6 million copies worldwide, which was two thirds less than Monster, the album's predecessor, which was a massive drop. And it, it went UK number one and US number two. And that sounds good, but it, it kind of disappeared quite quickly, although the chart placing was high. And it went platinum in both countries. And that really it signaled a downturn, particularly in America for REM at this point.
1: Okay, so maybe go to you first, David. Do you remember when and where you first heard the, the album? I it was 96. I was probably... Was it September, did you say? I think it was late 96, wasn't it? It was late 96, I
3: think.
0: E-
1: Yes. So I got, uh, yeah,
0: it was September. It was September, yeah.
1: So I would have been in my final year in high school. Um, probably wandered down to HMV to pick a copy of it up. I was a massive REM fan
0: at the time. Yeah, I think for me, I was, I think I was working down on George Street in Edinburgh at the time. So yeah, I would have went around to HMV on the day it came out and bought the CD, took it home and and listened to it. What about you? Did you buy it when it came no, out? No, I just listened to it when you had it, yeah, in 96,
3: yeah, when it came
0: out. Okay. And well, i will stick with you, Paul. What do you think of it?
3: It was disappointment after Monster because I really like Monster because I think that was same checks as well, wasn't
0: it? No, but they no. went for a more kind of yeah. raw rocker, rockier sound.
3: Yeah, yeah. so I kind of like that distorted sound, and this kind of felt just a bit almost like that. The uh, critical reception person saying there about the it does feel a bit flat. I mean, there's some good stuff on it, but it's for me just after that I didn't really take As much of an interest in the albums, although they had good singles for me, this was the last album really that really after this I kind of just zoned out of
0: REM's albums. Really, and you, Monster's your favorite REM yeah. album, isn't it? Okay, Oh, about you, Davey? What did you think, or what do you think of the album?
1: Yeah, I, I really like the album to be fair. Um, I take it the single came out before it, eBay, or yeah, a couple of weeks, yeah,
0: a couple yeah. of weeks prior.
1: Bye. I remember listening to that and thinking the song was absolutely brilliant. Um quite a long song, it was on for over five minutes, I believe, and it was probably one of my favorite favourite songs that they've released, and so I'm really excited to get the album. And I didn't really disappoint to be fair. Um I think it we've had the benefits of being before the the MP3 the iPhone. Hmm. iPhone Spotify, you know, where you can just listen to what you want. So you would constantly have this playing on your CD player if you're walking about to school and back. And just so before that. Nap- so you so you, got, <laughs> so you got a lot of time to learn to love the songs. Whereas yeah. I think if it was released today, you'd maybe listen to it a couple of times and then you would just go back to your, your regular playlist. Yeah.
0: And what's your favourite REM album, Davey? Is it automatic for the people?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Mm. Okay, yeah, same for me. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I I think uh, my opinion on this album has really not changed all that much over the years. I think it's a very, very good album, maybe even an excellent album, but I don't think it's great, for me anyway. Um, Why? I think, like, the album artwork, it maybe just lacks a little bit of colour for me. It's like a chef's-made... A really good dinner and it just maybe needed that little bit of seasoning on the top of it to salt, uh, salt and sauce maybe a bit of salt and sauce just to make it <laughs> uh, great and I, I think a lot of that is down to the way the majority of the album was recorded which was sound checks and live and uh, I think maybe to the detriment of some of the the material. On here. Uh, There were four songs that were recorded after the Monster Tour, which are on here, which were uh, How the West Was Won and Where It Got Us, Ebo the Letter, Be Mine, and New Test Leper. So they were all done after. And I think they all sound better. Yeah. Uh, They they all sound better. They stand out, actually. They do. Uh, I think they just sound better. So I wish the whole album had been done in that more traditional manner. But anyway, back to the the, the positives. Uh, There is some great kind of scuzzy rock songs on here like uh wake up bomb mm-hmm. uh departure and so on and i think in ebo the letter and electrolyte they for me they're two of rem's greatest ever songs they're absolutely brilliant uh so what is your favorite song on the the album so my mind is electrolyte i that's an incredible an rem classic what about you guys
1: uh, definitely Ebo the Letter for me. Although yep. Electrolyte is uh, a classic.
3: Yeah. i course, probably say Electrolyte.
0: Electrolyte, yeah. I'll give you a funny story though about Ebo the Letter. I remember buying the CD single when it came out. And uh, I remember being in, uh, driving in my car with my friends going along Princess Street and having that on quite loud. And I remember Malcolm, who we all know. I'm going, Jesus Christ, Stephen! Turn that off for try to attract women, not scare them away. You <laughs> <laughs> to say as well the days when you could drive along, with... yeah, I know. yeah, and we're not scare them away. <laughs> um, and what's your least favorite song on the on the record? I
1: have to say, is that Zephyr? Is it Zephyr?
0: Zephyr, yeah, yeah, the the kind of instrumental one, yeah, yeah. Same thing here. Just last two, last two minutes two, two, two and a half minutes, yeah uh, For me it's probably Low Desert, the penultimate track on it uh, I think that would be what would, would get mine what I actually like uh, Ziphar Hello listeners, this is David from In the Lap of the Pods Queen Podcast And you are listening to another episode of Trimming the Musical Fat Sláinte Okay, well, thank you for that, gents. Let's move on now. So which songs are going to be shiny and happy by getting a place on our Supercut and which are going to be asked to leave? It's time to create the new Adventures in Hi-Fi Supercut. So for this, for selection, we're including all 27 songs that featured on the 2021 25th anniversary re-release of the album. So before we talk about the songs, (laughs) let's talk about the album cover uh, artwork so uh, i actually have the the double vinyl which was released in 2021 uh, and like like all album artwork it makes such a difference when it's a not a cd <laughs> uh and b when it's not an mp3 mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can actually delve through it. So obviously it's black and white uh, focused it's a fold out here what do we think of the album artwork for this guys
1: I think that's um, probably my favourite album cover of R.E.M.'s R- 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 done. Oh, really? I,
0: think,
1: uh, I like the the way it's framed the 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 shade the tones of it. Um, yeah. Different. It's a, it's it's more stand out than them. I think. More most of their other albums don't really not really best known for their album covers, are they? Yeah, I
0: think the. Yeah, it's unusual for it to be black and white on an, an REM album cover, and I think if you look at the the three previous albums in particular at a time, automatically the people and ones, they're very, very colourful album mm. covers, and they really stand out. And this is much more understated. I think as a package, it actually is cool, works well, and I think the obviously the front cover is very representative of the album, since most of it was recorded on the road. And you've got photos here, which were all, by and large, taken on the road. Sounds a bit countryish as well. The album. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it looks a bit country. What do you think of that? Look at it there
3: on the vinyl, because I've probably never seen it on the vinyl before. It looks good, but I don't know if it's because sometimes if if you if you don't like an album as much, the album cover you kind of part it with the same brush. So for me, it's just a bit bland. Okay. Uh, compared to. Monster was quite, uh, almost like it was that orange colour, but even, I remember the CD, it was that orange in the back, and then Automatic people was Yellow as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, whereas that just feels a bit like, it kind of typifies the album, it's just a bit bland.
0: A bit colourless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Right, guys, so what we'll do is, uh, obviously there were 13 songs on the original release, 27, I think, on the Deluxe, and to Shin here, uh, today we are first of all going to go through the album's got to be under 50 minutes uh, and actually we agreed upon six songs that were unanimous choices so let's go through them first of all and the first one is the first song in the album which is how the West is uh, how the West was won and where it got us and here's a clip of it There's
2: a fly out of the line, story.
0: Uh, Okay, so let me give you a couple of facts in relation to the track. So it is one of the four tracks in the album recorded at Bad Animal Studio in Seattle, Washington. And it was the fourth and final single from the album, although it's only released in Japan and Germany. Uh, And one of its B-sides was a cover of the Trogsies, Love is All Around, which featured originally on the 1996 soundtrack to I Shot Andy Warhol. So, uh, thoughts on the album opener, Davey?
1: Yeah, I was quite surprised when you said it was a single bit, I didn't really remember it being a single But As you've explained, it wasn't <laughs> in the UK anyway. But no, I think it's a good al- uh, opener to the album. Um, it's quite uh, muted to start off with, and it's got the, I don't know what, what the instrument he's playing, is it like a wee mook or something like oh, that yeah, in the background? Yeah. Um, but it really comes alive towards the end. But, uh, yeah, I really like it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a strange choice to open the album with, isn't it? Because it is so kind of understated, uh, rather than a kind of in-your-face type song. It's it's just yeah. kind of eases you in. Yeah. What do you think of it, Paul?
3: Yeah, good good song. And it's, you can totally tell that it's one of the new songs, the, the sound and the quality of it. Yeah. And I suppose I'm thinking of the previous two openers, you had...
0: Automatic People, people? Was drive, wasn't it? Drive. You had uh, what's yeah, the they they Kenneth drive. drive and Radio Song.
3: Yeah, So all quite different, uh, and I suppose this is maybe a mixture of all of this, those different styles. Maybe mm-hmm.
0: it's got a really good chorus. I like the chorus. Mm-hmm. It kind of just it's kind of it's like the tension relieved. You move into the chorus, which is really good, and I really like the off-kilter piano solo in the middle of it where it's kind of discriminant chords that's really kind of a left field choice Uh, the one thing I don't like about it is after you come out of the chorus, Michael Stipe's going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if I could edit that out, I would. I'm not a fan, <laughs> a fan, of, a fan of that part. But uh, yeah, we we all like it. It gets on to the the supercut. Let's move on to the second one. Uh, a bit more rocky this time, and it is departure. And <laughs> sorry. And its departure, and here it is.
2: Just arrived Singapore, San Sebastian, Spain. Twenty-six hour trip. Salt Lake City, come in, spring over the southlands of hailstone brought you back to me. Salt Lake City, come in, spring over the southlands of hailstone brought you back to me.
0: was Departure uh, and it was recorded live at the Palace of Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills Michigan in June 1995 and you can hear a soundcheck version of the song from Rome in February 1995 on the Ebo the Letter single which is where I first heard it and it's now available on the Deluxe 2021 version of the album. So Paul, this is maybe more up your street but more like a monster track?
3: Yeah, it's it's good. I just love that distorted guitar, that live sound, and also when it goes in the chorus, it's almost like automatic with the people, sort of, or almost like singing happy people. You know that sort of more kind of commercial pop sound. So no, I, th- I think it's uh, it's a really good good song.
0: Like the organ in the the background. Uh, you're a fan as well, David? Yeah. What do you like about it?
1: Yeah, like like I said. It's- or like you said, that's uh, more akin to one of the, the tracks that you would hear on Monster, and it probably fit in there quite well. Um so you've got the speeded up guitar. Um yeah. Is that the way you just go? fire fire? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I that's, that's a brilliant bit. Takes you out
0: of the chorus, yeah. Um, yeah, great rocker, great chorus, great organ, great energy. <laughs> um Although I, I may may have a slight preference for the the, the Rome soundcheck sound one Which uh, I had on Ebow the, the letter single uh, So I heard that first and it's, it's a bit raw So mm. I might have a slight preference for that one But one of my favourite songs on that one, I think it's brilliant What RDM e. song is it? It was on one of the CD singles It reminds
3: me a bit of it We want some, we want... I don't know if it was a cover You're talking bollocks Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It was like quite catchy.
0: It was live. We want search. We can research that. Okay, so that's our second track. The third one is the most famous one we'll cover up to this point, And it is the first single from the album, and it is Ebo, the letter. And here it is.
2: We start a thing. I don't get it. So
0: there we go. That was Ebo the the letter with uh, back and vocals, of course, by uh, oh, I think is, yeah. Pattie 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 Pattie. 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 yeah, I think what's her uh, unofficial official moniker? Is, is it uh, the the Queen of Punk? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she does the backing vocals on it. Uh, so, yeah, it was the first single. It was released a couple of weeks prior to the album, and it was released in the same month that R.E.M. signed what was then a record-breaking new mm-hmm. record contract with uh, Warner Bros. And the the single, um, well, it, it didn't do all that well in the U.S. Uh, I think it only got to something like 40, yeah, 49, although in the wow. U.K., it- was a top five hit, getting to number four I think it was the highest hit, was it not? Uh, it was, yeah, um, and it's actually in America The band's lowest, at that time Anyway, the band's lowest charting Lead-off single in the US Since Fall On Me And the the lyrics Of the song are apparently about The the late actor River Phoenix Who uh, Michael Stipe was Friends with He would have died three years ago In the Viper, yeah, rooms, the Viper rooms, yeah uh, so yeah,
1: bought the Letter, Davey, you are, I know, a big fan of this one. Yeah, you can probably see why a lot of Arian fans maybe didn't get it, maybe in the, the US, because it wasn't like a typical R.E.M. song, but I like the way how it just goes straight into it. Um, and like you say, the lyrics are about the, the death of uh, River Phoenix. I think it's just a, like a poignant song. Okay. Um, I love uh, Patty Smith's vocals in the background,
2: and yeah oh it's
3: a good it's a it's a good song I remember buying the CD single but I think it's probably it's not very commercial I think no. I, I can understand why it maybe wasn't as popular but I think it could have been cut down to maybe four minutes or something three and a half
1: probably normally too long to be played on the radio and yeah things like that certainly jukeboxes probably wouldn't make a lot of money so probably just knock it off
0: yeah um i'm I'm sure it's probably a, a radio edit was was made but uh no i mean the length doesn't bother me at all i think it's again one of the band's best songs it's it's amazing uh, beautifully played, haunting. Uh, I like the Peter Buck guitar riff on it, the acoustic, mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. which is good in it. Um, I, so, I was Bill Berry life by this point? No, no, he's still on this album. Yeah, It's his last album with the band. Oh, right. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's not a commercial single um, at all. Uh, and we'll talk later on about something to do with that. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant tune. Um, and ironically, uh, Patty Smith came back and joined the band for their last ever song, which was Blue on Collapse Into Now. So it's the band's final ever song. And it's just no Ebo the Letter. I actually, not many REM songs I'll say <laughs> to you, I hate, I hate that song. And it's their last one, which is ironic. I really, really, really dislike that. <laughs>
2: Understand courage, I still roll with the shower and cam drivers
0: down to the day. I try to see outside myself, I understand the eyes, excuse all the eyes. Sorry, I'm sorry.
3: But this this is amazing. This is Eric Paul Johnson from Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song by song podcast.
1: And you're listening to Trimming the Musical Fat. Oh dear, that wasn't my fat I trend.
0: So Paul, why don't we uh, jump into what are the top five REM selling albums of all time? Mm
1: -hmm. So
3: the the top selling album,
0: REM album,
3: is Out of Time with 16 million copies. Mm -hmm. Second is Automatic with the People with 14 million copies. The third is Monster with 9 million copies. The fourth is Green with 5 million. And the fifth best-selling R.E.M. album is Document with 4 million. So this album doesn't even make that list. And this was their first album that kind of, obviously they'd reached that point where mm-hmm. they were selling like, you know, nine over 9 million. But then after that, when it got to this album, it kind of went, it never so it's sounds
1: like, it's like Warner Brothers now got their money's worth of their contract. Their yeah, I know. They've been the bank.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. It's like we'll, we'll, we'll give them the all this all these millions, and uh, oh right, they're not selling as much as their last three albums, uh, three or four albums. Like if you had
1: to do the the sales together for the, those albums, they probably didn't give companies the amount of money that they, they got in uh-huh. the millions of it.
0: I actually thought automatic would have um Been shaved out of time to be the biggest um, biggest seller.
1: Quite surprise, actually.
0: Yeah. Two million different. Yeah. And then I suppose out of time. That was less commercial, I think. Automatic, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I think out of time had the like shiny happy people You're and losing them, my religion yeah. more commercial. Um more accessible, I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Not that it's a better album, but I just think I actually
3: prefer automatic. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. okay well let's move on to our fourth track which gets on to the supercut. we all uh, wanted it on here and it is a slower song called Be Mine that was Be Mine and this was another song recorded in the the studio and obviously uh, the lyrics paint it as a a love song. Paul, going to start with you on this one? Yeah, it's quite an understated song but it's just
3: quite nice just with the guitar and it's a mixture between, it maybe sounds a bit bit low but then on the other side it's quite Quite catchy as well and quite upbeat in a sense. So it kind of mm-hmm. does a bit of both. Ariam are quite good at that. They can mix it together. Mm-hmm. So it almost sounds quite upbeat, but at the same time, sounds a bit down as well. Yeah. Okay, uh
0: Davy? Big fan of the yeah.
1: one? Yeah, I do like it. It's um one of their more muted songs, but it come really comes to life towards like the last minute. Um, yeah Peter Bucks guitar just goes overdrive. Um and there was only a point I listened to it during the week there when, you know how you've got the new thing on Apple Music where it actually gives you the lyrics and you've got sort yes. of kind of like yeah. a karaoke. <laughs> and it turns out I've been singing this song wrong for about, <laughs> what's this? Years, the and it's the bit where it goes, and I always thought is, and if I choose you sexually, actually, it's if I choose your sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I've learned something new.
0: Well, there's uh, So Did I Today, Davey, when I was looking at <laughs> another song, where I was like, I did not know that, but I'll save that one Save that one for later. But um, yeah, my favourite part of the song also is how it takes a while to build up before it then kicks in, the whole band kicks in, uh, which is really good. And who can argue with great lyrics like, I want to be your Easter bunny, I want to be your Christmas tree. <laughs> Yeah. Can't argue with that, can you? So let's pick up the pace with the next one. And that is the second track on the album, which is uh, in our fifth choice, and that is Wake Up Fond.
2: I get high, my attitude, latitude, 197.
0: that was Wake Up Bomb uh, and that one was recorded live at the North Charleston Coliseum in Charleston, North Carolina on November 16, 1995 and many took the, the one of the, the couple of lines in this song as a dig at Oasis but it's not uh, the line was um, supersonic, what a joke um, but yeah apparently nothing to do with Oasis and it's all about um, the, the glam rock period of the 1970s where they talk about uh, I think Queen, T-Rex, yeah. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Do, 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 do. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll kick us off on this one. Again, another one of my favourites on the album. Good upbeat energy, good rocker. And, like you were saying, Davey, with B. Mine, you you, were, you had the lyrics wrong. Mm-hmm. I was the same. Mm-hmm. I never knew that Queen were mentioned in the lyrics yeah, to this. That. Yeah. Uh, let's try about out. listening yeah. to Queen. I was like... I don't Queen are my favourite,
1: band. never even knew R.E.M. were singing about Queen. I <laughs> don't know what I thought the, the line was, but it wasn't Queen, so now I know. Uh, but yeah, Davey, what about you? I'm going to have to a listen
0: to that, I, I've never recognised
1: that <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this, was, this must have been doing the rounds on the Monster Tour, mm-hmm. um, and it certainly fits right in with the... The music that were the sort of grungy music that they were turning yeah. out back then, I, I think it's a, it's a brilliant song. I think it's one of the, I think it's a lot of people knew it before it actually came out because it'd been toured so much. And then, or if you're an yeah. REM fan at that time, um, you would certainly have heard it in their bootleg series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah,
3: really good upbeat song, and it's almost like sort of wakes you up after you the letter which is a good song but it's uh it's not going to get you up uh anson there's <laughs> this this song it's almost you can tell it's from the monster period and it could it could have fed on like, what they were saying, could have fitted on the album mm-hmm. monster album i know and uh it's good they're talking about their influences obviously from the early 70s like t-rex mm-hmm. and Queen.
0: Yeah, that was good. Kind of. mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Thumbs up from all of us on that. And uh, the final unanimous choice is So Fast, So Numb, another upbeat uh, rocker, another one of my favorites on the album. Uh, yeah, let's hear a little bit of it. you say
2: that you hate.
0: Uh, start off with you, Paul. Oh, so
3: yeah, that was uh, so fast so numb. No. Yeah, you it's good that it's that monster sound, but it does. I don't know. In some ways, it feels like they're going through the motions, though. I don't know if that's because it's a sound check. You can sort of tell the difference between the, the, certain songs. I don't know. It almost feels like on this album as well, REM weren't, were not consciously trying not to be commercial. Almost like mm-hmm. they were just doing what they wanted, mm-hmm. which is good. But yeah. I, I guess it gives it that disjointed feel, maybe. Okay. But good song,
0: good song. Yeah, I mean, I disagree. I think they're really on the the money uh, with 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 this one. Um, and uh, I think, you know, you're straight into it. There's no mm-hmm. hanging around. It's right, <laughs> drums, Bill Berry, woof, and off we go with it. So, yeah, it was recorded at a sound check in the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida, on November 15th, 1995. Uh, I didn't say that already, did I? No. no I didn't, yeah. Doubting myself there. And the the things I like about it, yeah, I think it's a really good song. Uh, it's got a really good bridge in it, take you t- from the verse to the chorus. Mm-hmm. And my favourite part of the song is the dropout around about three minutes, where I think it maybe comes out of the solo and m- the drums kind of uh, are taken out of it. Um, and then they come back. And again, for me, that's the best part of the song. Really good, good uh, thing to do.
2: Getting out the bed of hell I've been around I've Been your lover I let it go, kill devil her You're coming on to something so fast I'm down
0: what you can't even feel Ooh, uh, Davey, what say you?
1: I really love the the drum intro tip Yeah, it's a it's a, a great way to kick, great way to kick the song off. Uh, again, uh, the lyrics are on point. Um, music musically, um, Peter Bunk can really not do no wrong in my book. <laughs> yeah, cool.
0: So there we go. Those are the six songs that are definitely getting a spot on the supercar
1: hey everyone out there in the podcasting world this is wide screen this is sam wiles you are listening to another episode of the truing the musical Vat podcast
0: um and what we'll do is we'll take a look at the two songs from the original release that um none of us or i should say one of us voted for and none of us voted for but before we do that let's maybe do joke of the pod
1: and for our final rule tonight, it's time for another edition of one of our favourite departments here on Real Time, explaining jokes to idiots. So,
0: gents, have you got any REM jokes
1: to share with us today? So, I was actually in an Indian restaurant when they broke up, when the news of their breakup came, came around, and I, I'm not going to lie, I actually fainted. That was me in the corma. <laughs> <laughs>
0: very good, very good. Uh, Paul, uh, well, uh, oh, well, you're 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 thinking of that. I'll, let me give you one. Uh, Michael Snipe died, but only two people n- know about it. That's me and the coroner. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can start be a, a FEMA
3: merchant here. After, <laughs> so rentals announced a lost minute, a last minute marketing campaign today to avoid bankruptcy. They hired Michael Stipe from REM to remind people everybody hurts. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: ah, there we go, ladies and gentlemen, and all gender types. That is the joke of the pod like trimming musical fat why not check out our sister podcast trimming the movie fat and our latest two episodes which are dedicated to the daniel craig james bond movies All right, so let's talk about the two songs that did not get on to the, the supercut. So the first one, which none of us voted for, was Low Desert. And well, let's hear it a little bit of it. It happened fast, it's over quick.
2: A little dust in the engine gas. Get your hands dripped down off the wheel. I hit you in she I let show a little bit of sleep the time stands down just calling down on you rain hey.
0: hey 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 So low Desert was was anybody tempted to to, to put it on I, I know I wasn't
1: you yeah. had to get rid of about 15 minutes, so this was probably one of the, the ones that was first to go. Um two requirements. Thank you. Make your way to the B-side. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's a B-side, isn't it? It's,
0: I'm sure it's a, it not the penultimate song on the album. Of, yeah. a... yeah. I have to say, uh, a lot of the time when I used to have the CD, I would actually uh, just skip this song. This thing's pretty, uh, pretty unremarkable. And it meant I got to electrolyte clicker. Can you couldn't
3: make two more opposite songs? I know. Fair I me, this is an example of that. Just going through the emotions almost like that feels half-hearted almost this song.
0: It's an example of a song that if CDs hadn't been created, it wouldn't have been you know, on the album. On. No chance it would have been on the album. Okay, the other one was uh, Ziver, which is the two and a half minute instrumental, which I I did want on the the album. Do kind of quirky. They do that in most of them. They do, yeah. Quirky little instrumentals. Although the instrument I like best, and I would have put it on my cut if I had space, is uh, an Ebo, the letter B side, called Tricycle. Mm-hmm. Picycle for me, Picycle for me would have been one of those songs that would have been a brilliant on a, a, a hidden track mm, at the end of the album. Yeah. That would have been a brilliant hidden track, but anyhow, um, and I would have had it on my cut if I would had the space. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like Sever. Um I do like a, a quirky little REM instrument on that album, but it does not get on.
2: My idea of the record is that we're um, somehow grafting together live stuff that's recorded live with stuff that's recorded in the studio and you can't really tell what's what it's like it's like a new you know it's a it's kind of like a new sound a little bit although i think i think it kind of sounds like early matahoopo a little bit
0: okay so before we talk about the the final songs which get onto the album the ones which are up for debate paul let's hear what the top five rem Our top five selling REM singles are of all time? Yes, so the top selling single was
3: Losing My Religion, the the second was Everybody Hurts, the third was The One I Love, the fourth was Shiny Happy People, and the fifth top selling REM single worldwide was Stand. Mm -hmm. What was interesting from Freedom was that things like Stand, The One I Love, I didn't expect them to be so high up, no. actually. Uh, and, but when I was looking, I think R.E.M.'s last six... I don't think Everybody Hurts in the top 30 in America.
0: They've not... been Drive didn't really They're do not that. really a singles band. They're, they're not really, really. really... Yeah, big, big hits. They've always been much more of an album. Mm-hmm. And they've always been, in a lot of ways, more of a cult. They were an band. Yeah, yeah they, they always have been. Because, um, yeah, I mean, even things like Losing My Religion, and man on the moon i think they were only what top 20 hits here in the uk but you will Mm. hear them on the radio still all the time those two songs people will know them yeah yeah correct um so yeah that's that's just the way it goes okay thank you for that so let's go into the the final songs which are up for selection and to make it easier on us because we did have differing opinions on this i reached out to the, the rem a Facebook group, and I put a poll up there with all six songs, and I let them pick what the the, the tracks would be. So, well, you can actually see my notes. So Paul's got a, a bit of a, a help here. But, uh Davey, what do you reckon was the most popular choice from the, the remaining songs on the album? They are, they are. New Test Leper, Undertow, Bittersweet Me, Electrolyte, Binky the Doormat, and Leave.
1: I would say Bittersweet Me and Electrolyte.
0: Bittersweet Me and Electrolyte, you would be right. <laughs>
1: Who's ever said Electrolyte to not get it automatically <laughs> on the <laughs> album?
0: <laughs> well, Paul didn't pick Electrolyte. Did I not? You did not. Meant to. <laughs> 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 You didn't. I, I, oh, I, I nearly took you off my phone contacts list when you <laughs> picked that. mic. Like, you, me? Oh, I picked it? No, he's checking his phone. <laughs> yes, i have missed it. Yeah, that,
3: that is. I've not picked it, but. It, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> It should have been. There. I did wonder. Well, that was a mistake. I
0: know, because I went, I'm, I'm okay. sure Paul likes that song a lot. Because it's one of the few songs I actually know. Yeah, I was so surprised by that. Well, there we go. Well, Electrolyte is actually a unanimous choice. Yeah. So let's maybe start with that one and let's hear a bit of it. Your
2: eyes are burning, still me. I'm guessing. century you, go to sleep. You're blessed to sing. That is up, That is up, You are the star tonight. Sun
0: So there we go, Electrolyte. Uh, So that was recorded, um, which I was surprised about. I thought Electrolyte was one of the songs that were recorded in the studio. I thought it was, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a soundcheck one at the Desert Sky Pavilion in Phoenix, Arizona on Mm -hmm. November 4th, 1995. And would you believe Michael Stipe had to be convinced to include it on the album by Peter Buck and Mike Mills? Mm -hmm. And retrospectively, he was glad, as he now considers it one of his favourite REM songs. And uh, it was obviously released as the first single from the album, but it uh, only got to number ninety six in the US, which is just singles did not do very No, well there. that's just criminal, though. It's a brilliant song. Losing my religion was the last t- top ten, maybe, maybe, like maybe. That. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I'll come to you, Paul, since you actually really did pick it. What do you like about Electrolyte? I think I really got mm-hmm. into. <laughs> I think I really got into it again. You know, when the Best of album came out,
3: when mm-hmm. was that? Two thousand or something. Like the original Oh that was 2003 2003 yeah Yeah Mm -hmm. So I really got into it And I remember at the time Thinking Ebow the letter Wasn't on it The compilation album either But that Mm -hmm. was a bit strange Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where I just really appreciated The song in it To me it kind of I don't know if it belongs on the album Like it's a It's very different But it's it's probably the best song on the album Mm -hmm. But I'm glad it's on But
1: in other reason it sounds quite out of place is yeah yeah. Okay. Davey? Uh, it's certainly tonally different from um most of the songs on the album, but I really I really love it. It's got the I like the the violin in it. It's yeah it kinda right. of, kind of reminds me a bit of um, Bob Dylan's song The Hurricane uh, with yep. the with the fiddle in that and I think it's uh, used to great effects and I think yeah no it's one of the more upbeat happier songs if you want to say, but it's a uh, yeah no it's great
0: it's one of my favorite rem songs um yeah great piano great lyrics uh great mood on it uh i, I agree with you a great violin solo which is played by andy carlson and um I, I obviously seen rem play live a couple of times uh after this album came out and they, they used to change it live with with the it wasn't a violin solo it used to be kind of on the piano and used to change it so it was more um so it was quite nice the way they changed it up live but yeah like jimmy yeah Absolute classic song, this one. So uh let us move to another one. I think you you maybe guessed that another was which one, Davey?
1: Bit sweet me.
0: Uh no, it wasn't one of the more popular choices, would you
1: believe? Really? No. Nope. Well, the one the one I really like, um leave.
0: Well, would you believe leave was the most popular choice ahead of uh. even Electrolyte? On oh, the ball.
2: That's what keeps me. That's what keeps me. That's what keeps me down. Believer. 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 Believer so this
0: is the uh, eighth song that's getting on here uh, and that is Lee. So it was recorded at a sound check at the Omni Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia in November 1995. Say um, the Omni Centre in, in Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, would you believe this was uh, originally meant to be the album opener mm. um, until How the West Was Won and Where It Got Us uh, replaced it. And it was the last song that was written and recorded and mixed for this mm. record. Okay, so you're
1: a big fan of it, Davey, what do you like about it? To be fair, I think it could be the album opener. it sounds like yeah. it could be, because it takes like a, like a minute before it even kicks in, before the like, sort of like siren type sound takes over in the, it, so it's, it, built, it builds itself up for a minute and then once it does kick in, I think it's great, the, the lyrics are brilliant, the guitar playing and it's, it's, it's it's, again, it's like the like the monster got the monster vibe. Yeah, yeah,
3: A distortion. Yeah, you yeah. like it. Yeah, the the only thing I would say, it just I think it's a really good song, but it's an example of too long. It's like seven minutes. I think seven minutes. Think, yeah, could have been a good opener. Yeah, I think if they'd kept it to maybe three and a half minutes or something, I didn't have that big opening. It we just get people
0: right into it. Yeah, uh, I maybe agree with you on that. Uh, it would have been a good opener, but yeah, for me, it's a little mm. too long, uh, although uh, the main part of the song yeah. is great. Yeah, it is. Okay, and the next track, which is our ninth, is the final song that is making it onto our supercut. So this supercut is having nine tracks mm. uh, and weighing in at just under 46 minutes. And that track is... One that was recorded in the studio. New Test. New Test Leper. Let's hear it. that's new test, Leper. So as we mentioned previously, uh, studio recording in Seattle and uh, an acoustic version was released of the song. So it was a re-recording and it was on the Bittersweet Me single. And I actually may have a preference for that. uh, The acoustic version, I have to say. Um, And for me, it's maybe the song on this album that is the most automatic for the people sounding, Mm -hmm. especially the acoustic version of the the song but uh, again for me it's all about the lyrics to this song which is obviously in my mind it's always been about someone appearing on a show like whether it's Oprah or Jerry Springer or um, somebody like that and they've obviously got something wrong with whether it's I don't know AIDS or something like that and everybody's judging them and when they're trying to tell their side of the story, as the song lyrics go, to cut to commercial break. So yeah, I think this tells a brilliant, brilliant story. So you're yeah, a big fan of this song, just very catchy. It's
3: one of the ones that sometimes I'll listen to. I go, do I know that song? And then when it gets to that, dun, 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 it gets to the chorus. You're like, oh yeah, I do know that. So it's really good. And as you say, it sounds like it could have been on automatically. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like Monty got a raw deal.
0: Maybe.
1: Uh, hello, 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 hello. Uh, David, you like it? It didn't make my cut. Uh, no, but I do actually, I do like it. Um, but it wasn't good enough to get on my cut. There's uh, a couple of better songs out there. From, um, okay. a bit of sweet Me, for example, and uh, Binky the doormat. Uh, it's one of my favorites, actually. But, but I, I, do like it. I like the sort of like funny guitar sound and noises that they make. <laughs> they make on it. Um, and the lyrics are good, to be fair. Uh, I do mm-hmm. sing want to them all the time when it does come on, but I think with uh, try to get it under 50 minutes, um, that's done us a disservice.
0: OK, well, uh, we've got nine songs, and we'll just recap on them in a second. But I just wanted to actually go to the, the REM uh, Facebook group and just thank, we've just had un- just under two hundred people uh, take the poll. Oh, In fact, okay. actually, uh, be over uh, two hundred. Had to delete a few who added extra choices, which we didn't mm-hmm. want. So we've had over two hundred people voting. So thank you very much to everybody who did that. And of the six songs, so yeah, New Test, Leper, Undertow, Better Bittersweet Me, Electrolyte, Binky the Doormat, and Leave. Here's what was the most popular. So the most popular was Leave. Uh, that was followed by Electrolyte, which was then followed by Bittersweet Me. And then I think it was uh, New Test Leper, Undertow, and Binky the Doormat. Did I say the... it, Bittersweet Me? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be one of the best titles for a song, isn't it? Binky the Doormat. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes, thank you for everybody who voted. That helped us out a lot. I did want to focus in on a couple of the, the comments as well from here. Just worth uh, worth sharing. So uh, let me just put a glass on. So, and if I uh, pronounce anybody's names wrong, I do apologise. So, Jessica Kursa, um, undertow, ebo, the letter leave, maybe the best such triad ever. They must remain together on your list. <laughs> um, sorry, and yeah, sorry. <laughs> And uh, Torleith Larson, every song listed here is great. New Test Leper, Bittersweet Me and Electrolyte should make the cut. For me personally, Binky the Doormat is my all-time favourite.
2: Mm.
0: There we go. Um, yeah, Fed, uh, Denoto Lopez, big fan of Ebo the Letter. Uh, Steve Michael, Antoine uh, Cajou. Uh, yep, he's looking forward to listening to the podcast. So thanks for that. Uh Thomas Ivy, a near perfect record, in my opinion. I can listen to it non-stop on repeat for hours on end. The only thing I would change is I would Binky <laughs> favorite track is leave. So there we go. Some somebody loves Binky, somebody doesn't like Binky. Um, That's what keeps it interesting. It does. Different yeah. Things. Actually, asked Thomas, what do you think of Tricycle? And he didn't like it. <laughs> so <Yeah,
3: laughs> I <didn't> know.
0: <like> <laughs> and Amanda Byrne. Uh, she loves electrolyte and should have it played at her funeral uh, at the end Just as the, the casket is about to be burned because the lyrics fit in with it And I think the bit that made me chortle is the line Your eyes are burning holes through me Because everyone's <laughs> staring at the coffin This is burning Hopefully, that's a long way ahead Well, let's hope, let's hope so, Amanda, many years years off <laughs> uh, Andrew Matthews, Electrolyte is my favourite R.E.M. song ever. Good choice. Um, uh, Ronaldo Diaz, Be Mine is epic, uh, and he's a big fan of Ebo, the the letter. Uh, Murray Lee, surely Ebo, the letter, and Electrolyte are the standouts. It's all great, but these two are amongst their best songs of all. Absolutely. Bruce McKenzie, Be Mine has to be in there. Uh, Philip Knight, too many favorites to pick just one, but leave edges the rest out for me. So different, so brilliant, so uh, great, brilliant. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. That's been really interesting to uh, to to read.
3: It occurs to me that maybe the one element that sort of sets aim's music apart is that there's a there's a feeling that the the individual almost becomes epic. Not only within the song, but also for the listener, that, that for one night he can be the hero,
0: you can oh. be the star tonight. Yes, well, I think all of the best songs, including the best stories and novels and all that stuff, are, are, are something that you can put yourself into. Um, the whole point of, of, of being a good lyricist, to me, is being able to create a character. You don't necessarily have to sing from your own pain or your own knowledge, but you create a character and you and you present the the view through their eyes.
2: See that plane right there? That's an airport that we came in on. And um it's like a private airport, I guess. So we get there and we're the we're the there's two planes on the tarmac and the other one is this huge plane. Suddenly there's all these cars driving around it and they've got they've got flashing lights on, and it's circling the whole plane. And we're like, what the we're like, what the is going on? And, um, and then the plane turns really slowly and it says, Dole for President, 96. <laughs> and they were all Secret Service people driving in a circle around the plane. So, I ran out in the tarmac and pulled my pants down and... <laughs> I did too. <laughs> <You know.
0: laughs> I mooned him. Let's know go through the nine tracks that are making up the the supercut. How the West was one and where it got us? Departure, Ego the letter, Be Mine, Wake Up Bomb, So Fast, So Numb, Leave, Electrolyte and New Test, Flipper. Okay, so that's the nine tracks, guys. Uh, one of the things I forgot to do at the beginning was ask you how you, uh, what you would rate the album out of five. So the original album, 65-minute version. Davey, what would you rate it out of five?
1: Uh, I would give it four.
0: Four? I would also give it four, Paul. Oh, two and a half. <laughs> Vestigate. <What? terms.
2: laughs>
3: a big improvement.
0: Okay. okay, so we've done our job here. It's up to 2.6. <laughs> no, <laughs> 2.5, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would have a four in its original version. So, if We just had those nine tracks, it was released as those nine tracks on CD, on record, on cassette. Those nine tracks you listen to, it, what would you rate it off? 3.5. That's just that's, that's is good.
1: That's I'm good. Sure. That's a good update, Davey. Yeah, I would say that those nine tracks that you read out, um, I would give it a little bit less to be fair. Maybe 375. Oh, hmm. Well, you give it
0: three. We Oh, it's just about oh, Okay, uh, I would probably go up the way. So I'm maybe going to go four point five. There we are. Cause I do think the album's a little bit too long, mm-hmm. and now forty five minutes. And I've maybe dropped a couple of the lesser tracks, so it's maybe going to go up uh, for me.
1: Well, if I had uh, paid attention to what we were trying to do today, and it was the full album. I really, 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 really love Wichita Alignment, and I would have had that in there. Yes, but I didn't realize I could. I did realize I could pick that.
0: Good. <laughs> well, do you know what? Let's talk about the, the the additional tracks on the deluxe version because, yeah, there's probably a couple on there that maybe I perhaps would have would have picked. So if I had time, so I've already mentioned Tricycle, but mm. I actually would have had the is it Richard and Linda Thompson cover. Yeah,
1: Wall of Death.
0: I would have That's had real- that on. Yeah, I would have had that on maybe instead of I, something I, else, but I didn't because I'm pretty, it's a sure, cover
1: version. I'm pretty sure those two songs were on the same CD single, weren't they?
0: They were, they're on Ebo. No, Ebo, the letter single, the, 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 the three kind of B-sides were great. Yeah. Um, but I didn't put it on because it's a cover version, but yeah, I really like that. Uh, I listened to it yesterday for the first time in ages. Um, and I think some of the live stuff, like Departure, Wake Up Bomb, is arguably better than the, the mm-hmm. recorded release ones on the album. So, yeah. Did you listen to the, you like, which, 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 which? Okay, is, is it Glen Campbell? Glen Campbell, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Time I time
2: I
3: yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good, but I, I, I don't think I'd put it in the album because for me,
0: it's a cover and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you could put it on the album. I'll tell you what, here's a song that I would have put on here 110%. Uh, it's not on the deluxe version of the album. Uh, they actually gave it away to the Batman and Robin soundtrack, which is Revolution. That song, it's a real, really, really good rocker. Try and find it. Uh, it's, I think they put it on the, it was on, they also released it on the expanded edition of The Best of from 2003. Uh, right, so I think we're saying I prefer the Supercut, you prefer the Supercut, Paul, mm. maybe you prefer the original version of the album. I
1: prefer my Supercut. <laughs>
0: Ah, okay, the Davy Supercut is the, the best one, okay. So yeah, um, if you want to listen to the TTMS Supercut of New Adventures and Hi-Fi on Spotify, join our Facebook group where we will share the link along with each of our own playlists. So it's the final question. So, gentlemen, why do you think R.E.M.'s album sales declined dramatically with this album and then subsequent albums um, after this? Um, So, yeah, we obviously talked about the figures. What was it? Uh, Out of Time, uh, 16 million automatic, 14 million, Mm -hmm. Monster 9, this this was 3.6, I think the next one was down to 2. Yeah. It was blank something, actual. maybe, or free. So, why this decline? Like two would it, and a half yeah. to no. 1.4. Okay.
1: So why why this, this decline? Davy? what do you think? I would say it's because they, it's almost like a paradox, they became too commercial without actually being commercial. Whereas if you listen to like their early albums, it's like a completely different band. So everything up until probably out of time, everything prior to it's like listening to a completely different band, and it was like more like the American alternative music scene, and it had like a really big cult following. But after that, um, like after like Monster and this big thing, I just think most people just dropped off because it wasn't the band that they they grew up with.
3: Mm. Okay, well, yeah, I kind of agree. I think some things are about timing as well, and I think they've done so much work, and we're talking about that in a short space of time, and it's hard to maintain that. But I also think when it got to this, it just felt, I don't know, I mean, I I never really, listened to the next album years later, and actually the singles are still really good, but for me, this was the last album that I really, kind of gave up after this.
0: Mm. Although, At My Most Beautiful is my favourite song of theirs, which is in the next album. Yeah, I mean, I I would still make the argument, and and David, you'll probably join me here, that they they still made some um, great stuff after this. Um, And the only album, I would say, that was really under par was Around the Sun. But the rest are, you know, they're all, all, Really, really good. Some better than others, but yeah, there's there's nothing awful there. Uh, but for me, uh, I think you I can summarise what happened here uh in, in three steps. One was Ebo the letter being the lead-off single. Yeah, it wasn't a great choice. Right, not a good choice. It's a good uh, song, but It's a great song, but yeah, if you if you're wanting radio play and you want people to buy something, that wasn't the best choice. And um, so, and I think we can tell by the chart position in, in the US. So that 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 that, that was a, a mistake. I think the second thing was Monster, the album,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because I think people had latched on, the general population had latched on to REM with Green, Out of Time, and Automatic for the People. Uh, and they're much more friendlier, radio-friendly albums. Um, the uh, you know, and they're much more tuneful, if you like. Whereas Monster was a more, a deliberately a more abrasive rock record. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, a lot of people bought that and didn't like it, right? And it wasn't what they were expecting and they didn't like it. And I think the other thing as well, that uh, you've got to think about the timing. But by 1996, Alternative Rock was really now becoming no longer the, the most popular Musical genre, really, maybe from 91 and 95, it was. Britfolk, isn't it? Yeah. So I think alternative rock was, you know, it's had gone past it. its, 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 peak. Sounds take,
1: I think. I like think it got taken over by hip hop, really. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds about dated, actually.
3: You know, at that time, I suppose you had like bands like Supergrass, so this pulp, and it just sounds
0: really quite old fashioned, really, at that point. So, so I just think the the kind of confluence of those three things—the monster album not being as liked, Ebo the letter not really being picked up by radio, and interest in alternative rock waning as well—I think that those three things kind of came together and resulted in the mm-hmm. album maybe not as well, um, not well received, but not as well, not obviously not bought by as many people. Uh, just as not as much interest. There are two thirds less than yeah, which is quite quite significant, isn't it? So Coming next Friday, the first in our Bruce Springsteen side series pods and it's dedicated to the Born to Run album. Okay, final thoughts then, guys, what, as, as we leave New Adventures in Hi-Fi, what what, what are you taking away from revisiting it here, Davey?
1: It was just nice to listen to the album again. What uh, can I tell you last time? I'd listened to it from start to finish.
3: 1990
1: September. <laughs> 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 I used to listen to it all the time, especially at uni. And- I've gone a bunch of phases of uh, listening to the back catalogue, especially when the new albums come out. Um, but like, they've been broken up for a while now, so it's never really... <laughs> Is that 12 years or Yeah, 12 yeah. years now, I believe. Yeah. But you? Um. Uh,
3: it's, it's good listening to it, because I haven't heard like by the letter for years and years. Uh, but I think that it's got the makings of a good album, I just think. There's too many songs and they were quite long, but I think there's there is good stuff there. I think, but I think they'd done so much over a short period. I wonder if the
0: public got a wee bit sick of it as
3: well. Maybe,
0: maybe. there was too much maybe. material. Yeah, well, I think maybe a similar thing happened to U2 the following year with the pop album. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, um, and and think REM and U2 were probably you know from their early to mid '90s were probably regarded as the two bands. biggest bands in the world. Yeah, so maybe.
1: But um, so that's where Blur
0: used to support REM. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Probably the yeah. other way round. Yeah, uh, but so I think, the, yeah, uh, for me it's been good just to revisit it and maybe just uh, more of a liking for some of the songs that have maybe previously uh, not regarded this highly. And one of the best things has been re-listening to a lot of the B-sides and stuff which are on the deluxe version, so yeah, like Wall of Death and, and things like that, it's just been really good listening to them again, so yeah, great Okay, well So uh, I have to say, did they ever do an album
3: where it was just like unreleased you know, like like the album track uh, yeah. the covers and stuff did they release an album that was just all stuff like that were on CD singles
0: stuff like that uh, they released a box set which I think had everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, singles which had the B sides and a Yeah, big box set.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, we're now all set for our departure. So, thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Davey for joining us. Thanks to the members of the and Face Group for their contributions. And until next time, keep trying. The Music That Podcast is a Stephen and Paul Nicholson production. Contact us via voicemail by going to anchor.fm forward slash gtmf forward slash message or tweet us at at Musical Trimming or email us at TrimmingTheMusicFact at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group or visiting our website www.trimmingTheMusicFact.com. I love it.
3: I love it!